I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, guys? This is Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I am with my guys, Matt Welty. How's everyone doing? And my man, Brendan Dunn. I'm here. Brendan, that hair is really, really growing. It's getting out of control. Not even a thought to get a haircut. Wifey, not even an attempt? Um, Not even an attempt? I may recruit my brother for it, but I just don't know if it's responsible right now to go outside and go get a haircut. Do you have clippers at the crib, though? Yes. Okay. Do you have a Floby? What is that? <laughs> That's like the old school, like a uh, razor that has, a, I mean, a hair cutter. I think it has like a vacuum attached to it that just sucks the hair. <laughs> no, I'm happy to borrow that wealthy if you could ship that my way. That hair is something else. Um, how are we feeling? You know, we had a uh, powerful podcast last week and we've got great feedback. And once again, uh, I know we did it last week, but I want to thank James Whitner for coming on and giving us that insight as to how he's maneuvering and giving us so much knowledge about what's currently going on in the country. I think it was a really good conversation. I mean, I think it was a difficult conversation for all of us to have, but that's kind of part of this whole process of this whole reckoning with what's been going on with black people in America and across the world. And it was good to have our podcast kind of talk about that. On top of all of that, too, the one thing I always take away from talking to James is that he's one of those people who is just like better at life than I am, you know, as far as like everything he's gone through and like his strategy and the way that he views situations and, you know, in plans strategically. And I always feel like a little bit more like prepared for everything in my life after talking to him. That's what he does. There are certain people that we meet in our life and in the industry that when you sit down with them, you just come away from those meetings with a new outlook on things. Yeah. And I think one of his most important messages too, was just how we have to do something now. It's not enough to talk about it or to focus on police brutality for one week and then move on. We have to make sure, especially as white people that we are doing something that we are pushing for change. I think one of the big things is kind of like it's time for us to give because I think white people have taken so much. So it's about giving money. Can you donate to a Black Lives Matter movement? Can you give your time? Can you read black authors and educate yourself on that viewpoint? Can you give your body physically and go to a protest and spend that time to do that? Because I think there's so much work we have to do. Joe, you said you went to a protest this weekend? Yeah, I actually did. I went to a protest in the town I grew up in, in Bayshore, Sunday and it was, you know, really peaceful protesting. Thousands of people came out and marched down Montauk Highway, which if you live in Long Island, you definitely know where Montauk Highway is. And I saw some people that I haven't seen in a bunch of years. My friend Rudy Calderon of Yao Ming 
getting stolen from finish line fame. I went with him. Yeah, we're really happy that we did that. I went to one this past weekend. It was so, so emotional. I was tearing up just being in the streets and seeing the solidarity and the support. You know, I, I think that's such an important part of this. I, I know that people are worried about coronavirus and how that affects being in a large crowd. And I'm nervous about that too. You know, much of the weekend I was holed up playing backgammon rather than being at protests, but I still think it's important if you can and if you feel safe to just go out. For sure. We saw this week Michael Jordan and Jordan Brand, a hundred million dollar donation. That's over the next 10 years. Over the next 10 years yeah. and 50 million from MJ himself and 50 million from the Jordan Brand. Yeah. And um, I think it was good too, because especially with, not to harp on it too much, but with the conversation that we had last week with James Whitner, where he kind of gave us a behind the scenes look at MJ. And I know he's, you know, he's been scrutinized in the past in the media as someone maybe who people think he doesn't care as much about social issues or, or whatnot. But, you know, to have James give the perspective that MJ really does care about things and then see him, you know, personally give the donation and then his company give the donation was kind of an affirmation that there's actually a different man behind the kind of person that we all perceive him as. Yeah, and those big donations, I think they are proof that things are happening quick or things are actually changing or companies are becoming more committed. I've, I've been a little discouraged in conversations with people young and old who say, oh, this happens all the time. This is never going to change. You're not going to change anything. What are we going to change? It's like, well, Minneapolis is going to disband their police department. You know, the FBI is looking into Breonna Taylor's murder. They still need to charge someone, but there's progress happening. Defunding police departments is a real conversation now that may have seemed radical a month ago. So I'm hopeful that things will actually change. And I think that's important to remember that it's possible, even if it's on a small scale in your own life, like going out and supporting black owned businesses more that, you know, the things I mentioned earlier, donating and reading and things like that. Absolutely. As far as sneaker news, the Jordan 11s, I saw you guys going crazy in Slack. Uh, the Jordan 11s got announced. What is it like the one big one of the year? Or what? Not announced, but definitely leaked. And they look okay. Leaked. It's um, white and black, right? Black with silver. Twenty fifth anniversary of the shoe. Is that the story? I think so. Right, nineteen ninety five. I don't mean to be too much of an apologist for the brands, but I always want to wait and see what they say about the product or how they show us. Because you know, the leaked images at first yeah. are always going to look terrible. But I mean, it definitely. is it is the twenty fifth anniversary of the shoe. Right. That's factual. This one looks bad. Um. Yeah. You know. I think it's very generic looking. Um, it kind of has like an embossed kind of metal looking uh, Jumpman on the heel. It's like all black with a, like, looks like a premium leather on the back. And then it has like the Jordan writ script written up the laces, which is, if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of like a nod to almost like the grade school models that had that on it. Also remember the infamous DMP Jordan 11 that the samples had the Jordan written up on the eyelets. Yeah. Um, but they're going to sell. It's one of those things that Jordan... Yeah, they're going to sell a million pairs no matter what we say about them. I don't think people scrutinize the shoe as much. It's just people just want Jordan 11. So when they come out, it's not like, are the details all correct? People just like that shoe. You know what I wore to get my uh, coffee at the deli this morning? The what? black and red Jordan 16s. Okay. Yeah. You, you dusted those off? I dusted those off. And I Did got, you have to go digging for those? Um, I've been digging a lot and I've been organizing a lot. I got those when we shot Macklemore in Seattle, though. That's when I got those 16s. I think I wore them for that episode. And I actually wore those to my high school graduation as well. With, really? With the shroud. I need a photo. There's not a photo, but... There's no photo no, of you at your... I don't think there is, but um, I wore them with the shroud. And then underrated Jordan 16s. 
The Ginger 16, shout out to Corgi. Those showed up at the complex office randomly once, and he knew that I loved them. I don't know what, maybe I hit him like, I love the Ginger 16s. Also, Cherrywood 16s, another one. Mm-hmm. The Jordan 16 was in an interesting space for a few years because they wanted to bring it back, but I believe the cost to produce it again was going to be too high, and they would have looked crazy as a retro with what they had to charge for it, so they had to wait a while and figure out how they could actually reintroduce this model at a reasonable msrp yeah ginger and cherry woods really aged well though i'm sure you could have maybe found those in the outlets the ginger especially was always kind of like the forgotten one i always loved them it reminded me of loki like a like a timberland field boot almost Mm. and also interesting tidbit about the jordan 16 which i always thought was cool is they had the commercial for it with most def and umi says which was yes. um, kind of really dope that you don't really, I wouldn't really align in my head thinking most deaf in Jordan brand, but it was kind of a cool moment. I just yeah. remember that ad at the top of finish line, again, where Rudy Calderon got the Yao Ming stolen, but don't want to keep bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. I remember the We're finish line. Jordan, yeah, he was just like sitting sort of like hunched over and he had the black and red 16s with the shrouds on. And that was a big one. Joe, don't you have a story about the Jordan 17s? Yes, Jordan 17s. I was going to a Dave Matthews band concert in Pennsylvania. and Not I had Dave a team. Matthews, our producer. Not Dave Matthews, our producer, no. Intern. Dave Matthews uh, is not our producer. Okay. Oh, Dave and he just, popped on. he just popped on. Shiva, on the Zoom. Shiva Bayat is our producer. Shiva, take down his access. He just popped on the Zoom, and he shouldn't be able to do that. So I was going to a Dave Matthews concert in Pennsylvania, and I had a T-Mobile cell phone, and I remember my plan was not set up to text message, and I was texting this girl for the four-hour drive from New York to Pennsylvania, and I mm-hmm. fell asleep, and I left on the messaging for four hours straight, and it was- Oh, no. The, seriously, the phone bill was like $600, and I didn't no. have money. I didn't have money, so then the 17s were coming out, and my parents went crazy over the phone bill. So then the 17s are coming out and I want to buy them obviously on release day. And I was paying off the phone bill, every paycheck, giving them $150 here. And then mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. hidden right, plan. Yeah, right in a cabinet. And I remember the 17s came out and I stole the money back to pay for the 17s that I had to Shameful. Re- Did they realize that you stole it? They did. And I was on shift and I got cursed out over the phone, but they didn't make me return the shoes. And that shoe was $200. $200 with the suitcase. Certainly, you got a finish line discount or something. Yeah, we right? always got a discount if you worked at the finish line. It was, I believe, 30%. Healthy discount. Okay. Karam Butler wore the 17s at UConn. So I got a lot of the 16s and 17s. They're kind of forgotten a little bit, but I really love mm-hmm. them. And I also had the Lightning 17 Lows, very rare yes. pair. Do you remember them? Yes. Did yes, they ever yes, re-release? Yes. No, I don't think so. One or two stores in Long Island had them, and I got them. And I remember I walked into work. Did you have to steal from your parents to get them? Nope. I was in the clear by them. But, and Welty, maybe you could agree with this. Walking into the finish line with for work with a sneaker that the store didn't sell was not only looked frowned upon, but you were flexing. And I remember walking in with the 17 Lightning Lows and everyone that Saturday who was on the shift being like, where'd you get those? Where'd you get those? And I found them, I think it was an athlete's foot in Massapequa Mall. The most frowned upon thing was, I think they made policies against it, was wearing the shoe on release day. Mm. I remember hearing a story. This is this is kind of a wild one. Um, so when the Grape Fives, I believe, dropped in 2006, um, mm-hmm. 
I wasn't working at the store at the time, but my manager had told me this story where it was the store in downtown crossing in Boston, which is kind of like the happening store. And the guys had been waiting outside for like, you know, hours. And the first guy in line had like an, had a off size and he goes up and he's like seven and a half, which, you know, it's, it's a weird size, but, and, but he's the first guy in line and they're like, no, we don't have that shoe. He's like, what do you mean you don't have the shoe? I'm the first guy in line. And he looks down and the dude who was, he told him. Oh no. That didn't have it was wearing the shoes. And he's like, bro, what size are you? And he's like, oh no. And he, yeah. and the kid fucked up and didn't tell him like size nine. He's like seven and a half. So the, the guy <laughs> working at the store told, yeah. disrespectfully told the first person in line who was freezing in the Bostonian streets that he was wearing his pair of shoes. Yes. Wow. Early backdooring stories. Okay. Well, and, what well, no, he purchased them. It was, you know, employees okay. can buy the shoes, but I believe right, he right. like, he like reached over the counter and like grabbed the kid and like he yanked him. Woo. And from then the company kind of, you know, initiated a policy that you cannot wear the sneakers on release day. We didn't have that because that would have been, I mean, you want to wear them on release day. How so. mad would you be, though, if you were the first person in line? Furious. Well, do you, since you weren't a big Jordan guy, did you wear anything on release day that you were really excited about? Uh, no, I don't think so. And even okay. when I bought stuff, I wouldn't wear it on release day, right? You could, like, keep it on stash for a little bit. Ice it for a while. I don't know if I iced it back then, but... All right, let's get to it, guys. Our guest on today's podcast started navigating his way through the Chicago footwear and apparel scene right out of high school in 2005. It's there he would start to develop his entrepreneurial spirit, learning retail and developing his own clothing brand. He had a tenure at Leaders, the famed sneaker store in the city, where he would chop it up with the city's OGs and start selling his Fat Tiger shirts on the low and on request. Since then, he has opened up his own retail space, collaborated with Nike, Adidas, the Chicago Bears, McDonald's, and most recent had a scene-stealing drop at the past All-Star Weekend with his New Balance 992 collab. Please welcome to the show, Joe Fresh Goods. Thanks for having me. How are you, Joe? Hey, I'm good. Um, you know, things could be better, but there's no complaints, man. I'm alive. Everybody around me is healthy, so, you know, I won't do any complaining. You're sipping on some green juice there. Is that right? Yeah, I'm trying to change my vibe up, man. You know, just, um, you know, health is uh, wealth. So it's just like... Um, what's in the concoction? Um, pineapple, uh, kale, and what's my new wave? Mango. Mango. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to borrow the recipe if you don't mind. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Just starting off, we saw May 31st that the store, the Fat Tiger Workshop, obviously, it seems like it got damaged. Yeah. What's it been like the past few weeks for you as uh, owner of the store and with everything going on? Um, you know, it, it's been a, a mixed range of emotions. For me to be such a pillar in Chicago, for 0.3 seconds, I was like, damn, y'all got me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to streetwear shop in Chicago, we're like the the boys and girls club in a sense of we've always been about community. We don't pick up any retailers. So like me and my crew, we just make our own stuff. So we just like, you know, it's funny to see a lot of retailers doing what we've been doing as far as like picking up less and less brands and focusing on in-house. Um, so, you know, cause even with security, it's just like, we never really even had to focus on like, and I hate saying this like out loud, but like, We've hold the city down so much and the city just love us. We never even have to worry about security like that, you know? Mm. So I just thought that that wouldn't have happened or whatever. But, like, you know, once L.A. started getting looted first and a lot of the stores out there, I just, um, you know, 
it happened, you know? So definitely not mad. I think it's a part of what's going on right now with the uprising. And um, yeah, you know, I said I was angry for like 0.3 seconds or whatever, but like once you realize that a human life is worth more than this materialistic shit, it's just like, who cares, you know? Exactly. Whoever looted my store is probably pissed. It's just like, <sighs> fuck, where's you? We don't have any, you know, my shoes so quick, so I didn't have any shoes left over. All my stuff is in my storage. So it's just like, they took a few things, but like, that's why I wanted to make sure I wasn't really angry um, online because I've noticed, I've seen a lot of my peers like get angry and like they mm-hmm. got crucified for like being pissed off about clothes. So I was like, oh shit. But you know, so I just kept it very positive, made sure I wasn't going to get the police involved. None of that shit, you know, and you know, people love us. So, you know, we good. What is it about Chicago that kind of has everyone from Chicago supporting each other? You know, it's like kind of a really unique situation, I feel like, when it comes to cities yeah. in America. I think from my point of view, uh, Chicago is often left out of that New York, that L.A. conversation. And when you like, you know, when you put things on paper and, and, and look where a lot of people came from and a lot of people get inspiration from various aspects of like hip hop culture and just like, you know, culture in general, a lot of things came from Chicago and it just, um, it seems like we always get left out of those like lists all the time. So I think as of recently it's gotten way better than it was um, as far as like that, um, that support in the creative scene. We sometimes we don't get in those conversations when you talk about big, great cities with cultural importance or whatever. So I think, you know, as of lately, you know, especially with All-Star Weekend, it was like everybody just shined and it was a dope thing. So, Obviously, you were part of that culture growing up in terms of sneakers in the city. How did you first get your foot in the door? Did that start when you worked at Leaders? Yeah. So I love being on platforms like this because I hear a lot of things. And throughout the you know course of just streetwear and, and like just fashion and, and like just uh, history, and it's like a lot of stuff isn't um, always told the way it really went, you know? And a lot of the forefathers that get to tell the story sometimes be forgetting how shit was, you know? But I would say Fashion Geek was like one of the first Black-owned, he works with uh, Zoe now, they work with Puma now. But um, I started, you know, I remember the White Sox won the championship. Um, I got off the bus on uh, this Wicker Park area where a lot of the stores are in, in Chicago. And uh, I saw a Black-owned store in a, like a white area, which was like, whoa, what you doing over here? And um, hmm. I started working for Fashion Geek. And then from there, I started interning at Leaders and um, got hired. And then the rest is pretty much history as far as like my relationship with uh, streetwear and like going to like the trade shows and that type of shit. So is Leaders black owned as well? Yes. So it's like even Leaders is always uh, left out of, of a lot of conversations before St. Alfred, before no mm-hmm. show before RSVP, you know, it was the shop, you know? Um, I feel like you have to be from Chicago to know how important Leaders is. For sure. And then, like, a lot of the big dogs that make it, no names, the owner is such a, a radical dude. <laughs> he hates the industry okay. that people don't talk about it fairly because he hates, he's going to get mad at I'm saying. I'm just going to try to keep it as, <laughs> as honest as possible. But um, he's the start of a lot of stuff where a lot of people get in their careers. You know, a lot of people, you know, I remember we did a collab with Virgil, uh, on a new ever hat and like a um, fuck, I'm gonna get in trouble. But we did a lot of stuff first mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't give us credit for. Leaders, you know. So 
Shout out to Corey, Black-owned sneaker and apparel shop leaders. They, they basically started a lot of stuff. And I still need to know, like, so how did Joe Fresh Goods, like the brand, evolve out of the leader's time into where you are now? So Fat Tiger is my store. DBM is my streetwear brand. And but, I love so, the story that came out of DBM because it's perfectly Joe Fresh Goods story, which, yeah. which is like the illest flip. Tell that story real quick. Yeah, and I, I feel bad. I would lose so many like, well, I don't like, I don't like them, these people anyway. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I was, um, I was trying to tell a story and I love how I've, I've been able to grow with clothes and fashion because some of my earlier work, I'd be like, damn dog, why did I put, I want to fuck Rihanna on a beanie? Even though I sold a shit ton of them, it's just like I'm like my early work is just so like super early streetwear, but just like nowadays I cannot. That's just you know it's a different world we live in. But so I, I wanted to show how streetwear and fashion goes hand to hand to like the drug world and stuff, you know. So like I was like you know one of the first brands that was like wrapping my t-shirt like it was a brick. I was like mm-hmm. you know like I was I didn't know what a pop up shop was, but I was like delivering t-shirts to my friends and like. I was recording videos and like weekly commercials on Facebook on my iMac. So I was like, I wanted to, I, I just wanted to create a, a grassroots brand. This is while I was working at Leaders, create a grassroots brand uh, that was just based off how I can take $80 and make 12 t-shirts to keep flipping my profits every week. So I wanted mm-hmm. to show people that I can keep doing that and build a brand. So yeah, so it was bubbling Chicago. Like I had everybody in Chicago wearing my stuff while working at Leaders. So it was a So you're working at Leaders selling the t-shirts on the side, reinvesting all the money every week to make more shirts. Yeah, so typical streetwear story, like a guy that worked at, you know, so I was selling my, people would come in to shop at Leaders, but really come in and buy my tees. And so it kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, meanwhile, Dope Couture was like, hey, because um, in Indiana, yo, Joe, you know, Dope, your name, Dope and my name. So, you know, and, you know, I think I kept getting bigger and bigger. I came out with a tie-dye hoodie had everybody imaginable in Chicago wearing it. And that's around the same time that um, Chance the Rapper, one of my good friends, was blowing up too. So it was just a whole bunch of things that kept hitting. It's crazy too, because if you think about it, you know, a lot of people say that New York is the genesis of sneaker culture, quote unquote. But, you know, if you're talking about sneaker culture, it kind of all starts in Chicago with Michael Jordan, you know, to, to a certain extent. And I feel like that story's not... Everyone talks about Chicago, Michael Jordan, but when it comes to sneaker culture, the city, I feel like, doesn't get enough credit for really putting it on the map. It depends on who you talk to, because I, I saw that Twitter debate a couple of weeks ago about Air Force Ones and where it started. Oh, man. And obviously, you know where oh, it started, man. you know, mm-hmm. New York, but it's just what each what each area call Air Force Ones. And, like, so what, you know, what was cool in New York versus what was cool in Chicago in the 90s are different. So I love those unique conversations about, because it's some some of that stuff is all opinion based. I do think again, I do think Chicago is left out of those early sneaker conversations. You know, back starting with the Jordan era. You know how Chicago relationship with Jordans. You know, we call Mike's, but um, yeah, you know, it's, Chicago just have a great rich history, and I'm one of those guys that haven't left yet. No diss on any of my homies, um, but I'm, I'm rooted in Chicago. I'm, you know, Chicago have watched me grow from being a retail dude you know, then intern to like, you know, have a own store. So I think um, it's one of those authentic, true Chicago stories, or any hometown story where, you know, I'm like the hometown hero that hasn't left, you know, to go to New York or LA because it was, 
opportunity was bigger. You feel me? And you always said making it in Chicago and then making things in Chicago. That yeah. was your thing. Yeah. So back during the leaders days was like Virgil and Don C coming in when you were working there. And was it this hub of people like that in the city? What was it like? Oh man, just keeping it real. You know, um, Don has always been a legend. Don can always dress. Don has always been the Jersey man. Don has always been cool. Don was cool before any of this internet shit. Always had the nice car. He all he just he was the man. So Chicago is segregated in a sense of I'm from the west side of Chicago. Um, most people that you think about from Chicago are from the south side. So Chance, Kanye, Common, yeah. So most I would say Lupe is from the west side. I'm from the west side. You know I'm I'm in that in that category now. But um, so I didn't grow up in that hip hop culture of like what was going on, on the south side. Plus I'm a little bit younger than those guys. I came into this culture, I would say, like 17, you know, working at Leaders. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to front. It was really, for me, like Urban Wear, you know, like a Nietzsche, Sean John, like Fat Farm. Like, I can't say I was like, you know, but, you know, Streetwear isn't 50 years old. So I would just say my introduction with Streetwear was like Leaders, you know, like, wow, it's 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 stuff that's different that's like you can't find at the mall store. So, but yeah, like, Don has always been cool. A lot of those guys I didn't get cool with. About time I started working at Leaders, I think a lot of those guys left already. Um, mm. Virgil, you know, it's, it's just a lot of stuff. And I don't want to, like, get anybody in trouble, whatever, though. But, like, shout out to my big brother, uh, Vic Lloyd in Chicago. You know, it was a situation where um, the story is, like, Jay Boogie, which he's like, if you Google Jay Boogie, like, I don't know if you know anything about him. He, um... And I want to tell the story, right? Because so many people depending on me, like, to get the fucking right, facts right, right. right. I hear you. Um, you. Jay Boogie used to make leathers for Tupac Biggie. If you Google, like, Jay Boogie leathers, he was, like, I would say probably, like, streetwear before we even knew what that was. He was mm. in the South Shot of Chicago making um, leather jackets for a lot of the rappers around the world. And um, so he was, you know, big in that way. And uh, he needed a graphic designer. And um, my big brother, Vic, who we have the store together, Fat Tiger, he introduced, uh, I think Virgil at the time, Virgil was coming around leaders, you know, as all the, you know, I won't call him a kid, but like, you know, you know how streetwear stores have that sense of community where it's like the bar right. shop, whatever. So, um, but yeah, he introduced him to Jay Boogie and they worked together and then Kanye was, you know, came in and the rest is history. But it's like stories like that, that people don't know that I'd be like, damn, man, I want y'all to know how stuff really happened, you know, because it'd be so much going on that I think sometimes people forget to tell the story the right way, how it really happened. So it's like a lot of my OGs are just quiet. A lot of my OGs yeah. would never get interview opportunities. So it's just like, it's up for me with these platforms to tell the story how it really was. But Don has always been around. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's funny you say Jay Boogie, the first thing that pops up when you Google him is John Monopoly and Jay Boogie. John Monopoly, who was Kanye's manager way back, and then I think Kanye started working with him again. But yeah. It's all a family tree. And mm-hmm. I think when Virgil did his um MCA um, in Chicago, he used Jay Boogie print shops. So it's like it's That's a lot cool. of it's a lot of dots, but unfortunately a lot of my OGs are quiet. You know, they don't understand this internet shit. So it's just like those type of stories will never be told like that. You know what I mean? When I have platforms like this, everybody yells, Joe, you better get it right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, but yeah, it's a lot. It's a rich history of authentic, like Chicago fashion that dates back to like the early 90s, like Biggie Tupac shit. I want to know more about your resume, particularly like obviously now you are close with a number of sneaker brands and you've done work with Nike, with New Balance, Adidas. Did you work at Nike Town at one point and get fired from there? Damn, yeah. That's why it's like... It, it, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, I need to know about that. When did you start at Leaders? Oh, man, so do do do. I graduated high school 2005. Um, okay. Do do do. I started working at Nike Town uh, maybe that summer. You know, I think I was, I started at Leaders like 2008. So you know, okay. honestly, I, I like infiltrated the scene. I was like, and that's why I'm so big on what's going on right now because a lot of kids in Chicago. I don't know if it's like this with like New York people like in certain communities not even going to Manhattan but like you don't even go down you don't even get the opportunity to go downtown sometimes when you, mm-hmm. when you just stay in your hood you know so with me coming up like I was just a, rooted on the west side mm-hmm. this was a predominantly it was on the south side you know so I had to kind of work my way up that ladder as far as just like getting to know the scene on the south side of Chicago so you know me working at Fashion Geek and then I worked at Nike Town and I was like the Air Force One dude I just give everybody I used to give everybody my discount like <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That was my whole little thing is just like, you know, and I was just like, you know, just trying to rub shoulders and be like that that cool dude that had like a yeah, voice, you know? Trying to figure the scene out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like my my way was like, yo, let me I take care of you. So this was around the time where the Livestone bracelet was hot. Hmm. Um, I don't know what year that was. Like, but yeah, I worked at Nike Town during that era and I yeah, I got fired for discount abusal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> no, you know what it was? And I feel terrible doing this shit now, but like I had figured out that it was um that's back when Nike had that policy where the customer was always right. Where so if you like bought in a pair of like rundown Air Maxes that was like one eighty, I had to give you a refund. So like no matter what, <laughs> I just was telling my homies like, "Yo, bring your beat up shoes over, <laughs> and then I'm gonna just give you a gift card with one eighty on it." So oh wow, I was doing that shit, and I it's not one like it was a scheme where I was making shit ton of money. I did it like two times, and I like told on myself. I was like, "Yeah, I was an awful, like, yeah, I did it." <laughs> you were looking out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a good time. You know, it's funny how shit happens because like eight years later, I have my fucking face plastered on the front of Nike Town for the a program I did with them with the Bears. So, you know, but Fashion Geek, which is a very dope brand in Chicago, still rocking. Leaders, Fashion Geek, Nike Town, Leaders. Then I was a brand ambassador for Adidas. Weird job. But yeah, so that's, you know, besides that, I've been working for myself ever since about 27. 
And you said you got fired from Adidas as well, right? I know you put out like the Instagram post where you had yeah, designed that shoe. You, yeah. you, you designed that shoe that I think the activation got canceled or whatever, the POD pod shoe, but you put the date when you got fired from Adidas on the sneaker. Yeah. My job was just uh, to go to different malls across Chicago and just see how D-Rose was stuff was selling. That's okay. all. So um, I have a very, 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 very deep, weird relationship with Adidas, even now. But they were like the first brand that gave me like my opportunity to do my own shoe and stuff. But I can't even tell you. It, it's been so much. I, I don't want to use this platform to throw them under the bus because if, if you know you follow me, you know that like my staying with Adidas, like you, you just, you know, because I don't really, you know, and that's the reason why I, I, I hate getting bigger and, and bigger in, in this world because like I'm still like that street dude that like, you know, like it, it's just weird, man. You and don't, I don't necessarily want, have a filter in terms of Yeah, how. and it's just like I have to have a filter because I have friends that work at different business companies and I don't mean like if I tweet fuck Adidas, I'm not talking to a person. I'm just talking to what's going on right now. So, but yeah, like they um they flew me to London about the POD program and I was able to design my own shoes. And then I actually like, um, I mean, I guess I can talk about it now, but I signed with Adidas for about two, about two years. It was supposed to come out with a collection. Everything is actually done. And yeah, it just never came out. Production issues and- um, The collection was supposed to come out this year. Is that right? It was supposed to, it just kept getting pushed back. You know, and I, I don't like working with big ass teams, man. That's like, you know, the reason why, you know, fucking with, you know, who I'm fucking with now. Mm-hmm. But um. It was just a lot of problems that happened. Like I could sit here and have a whole hour about the things that happened with you know. Let's go. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, like like you know, it would be a kid that would DM me like, "Yo, Joe, I just bought your Adidas T-shirt online," and I'm like, "Wait, how? It's not even out." And then it's just like my product kept ended up online by mistake, by mistake, um, a lot. And I don't have nobody at Adidas that I hate. It's just that my and honestly, to be real with you guys, like me just understanding the ecosystem and how the sneakers were at work. You know, I'm glad it, I'm glad I end up dropping my first sneaker with New Balance because it's just like the class of um, and that's a whole nother thing with Trump and I'm still trying to figure out and shit. It's a lot going on right now, but um, you know they got fifty thousand people. You got fucking you got Sean. You got they just signed everybody. So my bad. I'm I don't want to go off on a rant. <laughs> no, Adidas, you know, no we're, we're here for all the. But it just um you know. What I mean to the culture naturally and, and what I do for my community naturally without all this going on, you know, I just wanted, I didn't want to be a part of an ecosystem to just sign people because they're hot right now. The Adidas ecosystem. Yes. I heard that actually from someone at Adidas that, that, the, <laughs> that the reason why you left Adidas beyond all of that was that New Balance gave you the opportunity to work with Kawhi and you wanted to work with Kawhi more than being with Adidas. Is that true? No, no, not at all. Because okay. you got to think, Chicago loves D-Rose. Yeah. I mean, you got to think, like, Chicago loves D-Rose. Like, he's a Chicago kid. Um, Youngest MVP, I can go on and on and on. Um, I mean, no. And then, you know what's crazy? My career, and that's just a, just a note to just kids that, like, I signed my deal without a lawyer. Two years ago, I signed my deal at a fucking hotel meeting with Adidas rep. Um, I had a pop-up shop in New York. I'm just filling myself, show me some paperwork. Cool. So I think they dropped the ball, too, in a sense of, like, what what I signed for two years ago, each month my rate was just increasing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I signed a, a one-year deal and um, 
And again, I, I think people love that I'm being so honest, whatever, but like, I hate that I, I'm gonna look back like, why I say that? But like, you know, when my contract expired, I was kind of happy because I was worth way more. When the Adidas contract expired. Yeah, yeah. So it expired right when All Star Weekend was popping up. And like, I killed All Star, I killed ComplexCon. So just like, yep. you know, my man, only Joe. I think ComplexCon was a lot of the industry that didn't know about me was like, oh shit, this, why does this Joe dude have a line all day? Joe, I got to be honest with you. That's how I felt because I was like totally ignorant of your work. And this yeah. is on me, you yeah. know, not on you, but like your name just kept getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. It felt to me, and I know this isn't the case, like talking to you now, but that you came out of nowhere. But I was like, we got to a point where like you can't ignore Joe Fresh yeah. Goods. My whole world has always been, if you know, you know, even to this day, I don't want to blow up. Like, I love to have this platform, but like even doing stuff like this, I'm like, damn, man, now more people finna find out about me, you know, because it's mm. like. It's just great the space I've been in, and I love like getting a fan a day type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with Dope Couture, they, you know, I settled out of court. It was a, it was a nasty little battle, and I I had to change the name. And I was like, sorry, what was the original name? And then Dope got mad at he flipped it on him. Yeah. So it was Dope Boy Magic, and I changed my brand to Don't Be Mad. Gotcha. Um, which which is a life I couldn't imagine being a thirty three year old man right now having a brand called Dope Boy Magic. So I think, <laughs> so for the best yeah so yeah so everything i was working it was don't be mad was a diss to dope couture and it ended up just being a lifestyle like and you know just being positive and like and that's why i adopted the spin that's my beef with the smiley face it's just like it's so much stuff that i've been doing that i did no credit for because it's like who the fuck is joe but like <laughs> i i you know again i don't own the fucking smiley face i'd be an asshole to say that but Oh, I know who you're talking about with the smiley face. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been doing that for like eight, eight, nine years now. And, you know, so it's just like, you know, so it's just been a long journey of me taking things that could have affected me and just making it a positive. I saw you said that um, you had your Converse collab and you put the smiley face on. Not even that, because I don't even like, haven't even announced my latest partner yet, but that was a bootleg collab. So I basically... Um, I just took some Converse from Notre Shop in St. Alfred. They just gave me like some blank 70s and I went to my print shop and I printed ah. them. In. So yeah, so everything, so that, that big wave I had last year at ComplexCon with those checkerboard Converse, that was just me doing it myself. Like I had Sarah from Colette, Marikami, like I made a big wave off a of bootleg shoot. You know what I'm saying? This is like, I love Mike at Chinatown, but this is like before they did their thing too. I hate that I like throwing my people my love under the bus, but yeah, I was like, no disrespect to Mike. Yeah, like, I look, I'm just saying, like, I get to tell my story now. So it's just, like, a lot of stuff that people don't know. I get to be like, I did this, I did that. You know what I'm saying? Like The converse we're talking about is the Jover Street Market one. Is that the one we're talking about? Yes, that was 100%. Yeah. 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 I got the attention I needed, though. I have a big collab coming out in December. Wink, wink, wink. But. How does this guy have the collaboration with every single brand? But, you know, it's not in the normal windows. You know, sometimes somebody does a, a collaboration with Nike, and they got to cool down for 18 months or two years so that they can go do a project with another brand. Joe seems to have either broken or rewritten those rules to where he's working with everybody at the same time. Yeah, I mean, everything ended up working like, like the Adidas deal. Like, I'm glad I didn't. Like, so even with All-Star Weekend, like, Chicago is not a New Balance city at all. And, um, you know, when I got the opportunity to work with them, it was a push. Like, I, I seen the tweet, like, there's a few things that happened. I was like, damn, dog. Like, it was, you know, me trying to take an opportunity to, like, put New Balance on this, um, like, this platform for All-Star Weekend. Because they never, mm. they, they've never won at All-Star Weekend, you know? No, so it's just can't like. remember that. Yeah, you know? So my store was an Adidas store. So my crew at Fat Tiger, they, they were able to drop their shoes. 
I ended up opening up my own pop-up shop with New Balance. The same weekend, you have Adidas releasing at one store and then a pop-up with New Balance. Yeah, it was just a dope opportunity because um, I wanted to do something that hasn't been done in Chicago. And I was like, not competing against my big bros, but like, you know, like even when you guys did y'all talk, I was a little offended because I'm like, damn, dog, if you were just coming from out of town, the Virgil Fives, um, mm-hmm. what Don did, but like you talk to any Chicagoan, it was like I had, and that's my big thing with New Balance. Was like I realized, like I didn't know New Balance had like, and I'm not like a fronter. Like I didn't, I didn't wear New Balance growing up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I still had to learn the culture of New Balance as I've been working with them. So everything I did was like a challenge because it's like, dog, can I have people lined up for a New Balance in fucking negative five during all this other heat dropping? Right. And um, I did. When you talk to Chicagoans about who had the most organic. Like, mm. I'm not going to, again, a lot of people claim Chicago when it's good to claim Chicago. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that was people, that was the, that was Chicago's beef with All-Star Weekend. It was a lot of people, oh, shit, I'm from Chicago again. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm actually from the crib, you know what I'm saying? So right. I got a lot of local support, but it was just dope to just have that moment, have Chance wearing him, then have that Kawhi moment. So it's just like. You know, and it just, even now, I was just like, damn, dog, did y'all just see what I fucking just did? And again, now that I know what I know, and, you know, moving forward, I'm dropping something with them again next fall. Like, I, like true New Balance fans are like, but that wasn't a real collab. Well, because that's like, what, because I, I said yes. it on the why, show, though? just Hold to on, clarify why? it all. Why? Just, yeah, I want to know why. Cl- no, because when we were first looking at it, you know what I mean? In my head, as like a, as like a New Balance like connoisseur, or whatever you want to call it, I just yeah. noticed that first that I'm like, oh, this shoe wasn't done as like an actual like factory run of the sneaker. It was done yeah. through the ID program, you know, right. which you said the product was rushed to get it to. We started in July. Again, I, I'm learning more as I go because when I first got the meeting, it was like, yo, you're going to introduce, you're going to be the first person on our um, ID program. I understood what that meant, but like, because you know, a lot of people that didn't get my shoe, I was getting teased for a week. I just created your shoe, motherfucker. I'm like, what you mean you just created my shoe? Because <laughs> then like New Balance a, actually took the color red off of the ID program. because yeah, like, I, I had a fit. I'm like, yo, can y'all take that off? Can y'all take that off? Because it's just like, you know, so I get it. At first, I was a again. I was a little. I'm like, dude, what you talking about? But like, New Balance fans are some of the most. Like, I, I was getting like hate mail. Like, you're not in this community. Fuck out of really? here. And I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, Bro, I know? sit next to this guy in the office. Are you kidding? That I look at a nine nine two backwards. He's on me for the whole day. <laughs> so it was a it was a big learning process. But like, ultimately, I like working with a small team. It was dope doing that Kawhi situation. But like. Going back to that real quick, no, with Adidas, you know, I had the opportunity. Yeah, I had five Adidas shoes that's never coming out. I, I did two D Road shoes. I did a form. Yeah, I, I did a lot. I had a whole collection that's fire, I would say, but, you know, fuck them. Does it hurt you that it's not coming out, or are you moved past that now? No, it's going to be kind of cool to have an archive in, like, 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love the storytelling of, like, telling people this never came out because of this. Because honestly, man, and it sucks that I'm going to keep it this real, if I would have dropped my Adidas for All-Star Weekend, shit wouldn't have been a hit like that. It was too much shit dropping, you know what I mean? Like, and I think my apparel with Adidas was way fired than my shoes. I could be mm. super honest about that, you know what I'm saying? Joe, it sounds like, I just want to be direct here, it yeah. sounds like you're saying that you had the biggest shoe release in Chicago of All-Star Weekend. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why I was mad. I, li- I was in the York podcast. I'm like, 
When are y'all going to fucking mention me? Hold on. We did mention you. We didn't ignore you. Also, okay. to, to be fair, I didn't leave the hotel room at all. I was there for like 14 hours. So you got to take me out of the mix. I, yeah, I, that's all good. Okay. The one thing I will say, and this speaks to your design DNA. And I said it on that podcast. No emotions are emotions. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And your slogan heavy, you've always nailed that throughout your yeah. design catalog. I've always wanted to be a writer. As things get deeper in society and like stuff change, I look at myself as a poet that make merch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even look at myself like a fashion designer. I just legitimately like, a lot of my stuff is heavy word, but that's why I'm in love with the t-shirts. I've seen so many of my peers go cutting so crazy and be like, yo, I put a zipper on this. And like, this is Sherpa. And then they got a business in three years. Yeah, spend a bunch of money on the cut and sew program. Yeah, they spend so much money on like producing like high quality stuff that's, that Barney only have one season of, like, I'm in love with t-shirts. So it's just like, you know, it's going to go into something I'm doing later this year with another footwear brand. But I'm, I'm going, I'm just always been in love with t-shirts. And when it comes to like storytelling, I just wanted to tell a story. And then with, even with New Balance, man, like, you can't get as crazy as you want to go when it comes to collabing. As far as when I'm, it's, it, you're really going crazy as far as colorways. So mm. when I worked on the um, New Balance, before I decided colors, I wanted to come up with my story first. And um, I got a little negative uh, feedback because some people was like, why are you telling people not to talk about what's going on inside of them? I'm like, nah, dog. You know, even before Kobe passed away, I was trying to come up with a program that's like Kawhi's version of the mama mentality. In a sense mm-hmm. of just because you're not out here being that wild and like, intimidating you still intimidating with your work so like no emotions are emotions was basically my program for Kawhi that ended up just being part of my whole campaign what was it like working with him um you know how it is like when you work no emotions artist, big yeah <laughs> like he, he it was like I like that I don't like that I like okay. that it was like very you know and I I think the reason why I'm probably going to have a nice future you know pinning all of this um, stuff going on in society with New Balances, because Kawhi really do like me. Um, You know, when it comes to working with artists and rappers and just people in entertainment, sometimes when you get, sometimes you get too many opinions on the stuff you guys working on, and it kind of dilutes the product, and it's just like, damn, dog, I'm fucking mad that I asked rapper A what color should this be, because now he just made this shit whack. But Kawhi just trusted me. (laughs) Like, I just came with a lot of different stuff. I had to explain to him what DBM and why did I do this? Because even with the, the even with the Omni I did for him, I did the straight face instead of the smiley yeah. face. So mm-hmm. just like stuff like that, I had to explain to him why I did that so, you know, um, he can know what he wearing on his foot, you know? It feels like, too, that I, I think we said it, that in a weird way, when Kawhi left Jordan to go to New Balance, it almost felt like he felt more comfortable with the brand like he was getting a little more special treatment but he's such like a low-key guy himself and it almost like yeah. paired better with his personality did you see that yeah or? yeah no well i mean it kind of goes back to the whole working with a smaller team thing you know i think um i've had the opportunity to work with pretty much every brand now you know minus like reebok i think and, but um so you know with certain people you don't want to have to talk talk to this team to talk to that team to get that approved and that and i think Kawhi is in a place where he gets that main attention you know he's not on a roster with you know um 30 other guys so i just think um they're doing a great job over there with him he's a main priority over there you know i think he likes it like that 
I feel like you got the timing so good with New Balance too, because partly because of your work, of course, but New Balance is having such a big year. The yeah. 992 in particular is having yeah. such a big year. Yeah, no, it was, again, and that was my beef, not beef with them, but uh, when it comes to what I did was, you know, much love to DC, much love to the East Coast in general and and, and what New Balance means to the, the culture. But we didn't. We don't rock that in Chicago. We just. We just never. Unless you were like one of the cool guys that just always been, you know, in the other way. But um, I, I, <laughs> I was so petty. Every time a person tweeted me or Instagram me, this is my first time wearing New Balance. I just saved that. And literally, <sighs> I had like five or six hundred people like, first time wearing New Balance. First time wearing New Balance. And that was my whole goal. I think it, it's too many like clicks within like what you buy and what you wear, and um. I just kind of wanted to change that. You know what I'm saying? I think nobody expected me. I mean, I've been team Adidas online for two years, and I think just to kind of hit people with that pink ring, with that diamond New Balance ring, it was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? That was a moment. I saw that. Yeah. At the be- was it like at a beach or something? Yeah, I planned that whole moment. Like, yeah. So my goal is to like um, take that famous Jordan picture with all the rings. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm getting another ring made. I'm probably going to debut, you know, once things simmer down and I can like, announce it i don't this is not the time and place to announce partnerships plus you know not to kind of change it up a little bit but like now i'm at a place in my life and my career where you know i'm holding brands accountable i'm not just about to be working with anybody you know i've been watching what a few of my peers been doing and like black has always been cool we've always been in but like now it's people that have a platform and have a voice it's up to us to like challenge these companies so i get to be picky you know when i signed with adidas i was like I literally thought that was going to be the only time I was ever going to be able to design a shoe in my life. And, you know, that's what we all want. But now, you know, I think, you know, I'm good, you know. So, um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm at this place where I'm challenging all these brands that I work with to make sure, which I've been doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just want to make sure that I align myself with people that have the same morals as me. I want to talk about this accountability thing, you yeah. know, and one of your friends in particular, Virgil, who after the protests happened – People got really mad at Virgil because he screenshotted a match donation for $50. And and a lot of people were under the impression from there that all Virgil was doing for the Black Lives Matter movement at that moment was donating $50. And later he said, I've donated $20,000. I've been doing this work for years. And I know for you, particularly in 2016, it was Virgil who told Nike to reach out to you. And he kind of helped you get that opportunity with Nike, right? So how much do you think Virgil was treated unfairly in that moment? This week I saw a lot, you know, and we've reached a place now where if you're a little successful, you got to be held accountable, you know? Right. Um, it just is what it is. You know, we ask these people, we ask the community, we ask people to spend their money on products that we make. So, you know, um, it's just a good come with the bear. But, you know, people don't get these jokes off. Yeah. Right. You know, like yeah. I think. It's like even though Virgil showed that he donated a lot more money, the 50 joke is already... That's just one of the funniest things to come out of 2020 so far, the whole people equating Virgil to a $50, you know? It's like, it's just funny. And I realized that, like, I talk to my peers a lot. I had a great talk with Wale the other day about just ignoring the internet. I hate how so corny it sounds, but I search myself sometimes. Like, let me see what people saying about me, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, I think Virgil has always did a good job of having thick skin. I think no matter what he does, he's always going to get criticized. I don't know if he did the best job responding to it, you know what I'm saying? But people want to see receipts, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, before all this popped off, we donated so much money for uh, doing everybody dealing with the COVID situation, whatever. But it's like, 
I think he said something the other day where like everything uh, Tremaine said it was like we're living in like Instagram moments where it's just like if it once it's gone from your story it's just like it goes from people to people mind but like you know I, I can speak for a uh, Virgil has did a lot for me he did a lot for my team um ah, man it's it's one of those things where you know you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't you know and I think we all as black men in this space are um, looking around and just making sure that we're doing our best to make sure that we are talking for us in this black space, you know? Speaking of receipts with another Chicago person in the sneaker game, Kanye kind of dropped the bombshell on everyone this past week, how much he's actually done. Like, how did you feel when you saw that happen? Um, Sometimes you got to figure out what's the end goal for what people are doing. You know, I think we judge somebody off what they did at that moment when I think when you in this space, when you're dealing with these corporations, I wish I can write a book about how I'm finessing these brands, but I can't because I can't give what, you know, like, like you can't talk about it while you're dealing doing it. It's just mm. like, let me, I, I got y'all. Let me let my other people in first. And then I'm going to tell y'all if this is how we're doing it, you know? So I, even with Kanye, you know, I, I saw some wild tweet where just like, did he do that just to do that? Um, you know, oh, I, I know. Yeah. There was, um, uh, I think GLC yeah. had said in a podcast yeah. or in an Instagram comment that Kanye West wearing the MAGA hats was, in fact, him playing the long game yeah. to trick Trump into yeah. thinking he was a supporter so that Kim could get people out of jail. Yeah. But all along, Kanye was, in fact, a Democrat and donating to yeah. those causes. And that's like some space. You know, I love that's GLC. That's the galaxy like, brain. <laughs> He, he, he's very connected with Kanye, so, like, obviously he would know. But, I mean, it's just stuff like that. I think, you know, people, you know, they want him to do this, and then he do that. And just like, so it's just like, we got us, we, we, you know, not, nobody on this earth is a perfect human being, you know? So I think we just have to get to a place where we need to just stop judging so quickly and just figure out what's the end goal. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of what he did. You know, I think um, people was like, why was Kanye protest? It's just like he can't, you know, you reach a certain level in your career and just you're just gonna get judged for shit. So it's like, you know, but I'm I'm happy that he's doing what he's doing and you know, the city needs it, you know. So Dunn talked about you getting fired from Nike Town and then your picture being in the window. Out of all the collaborations you've had, which one has really stuck out as a we all say like a I made it moment? It's a Nike. I even got like 2016 tatted on me because that was like the first year where it's like that was the jerseys, is that right? Wasn't it Gail Sayers? Yep, yep. So it's like, you know, beyond anything, the fact that I was told not to ever come back to Nike Town and I, I like signed, I didn't go to jail, no shit like that, but like, you know, I just signed a paper that just said I was like banned from the store or some shit like that. So it was just like, okay, well, cool. I just, you know, go to a boutique and buy my Nikes. But <sighs> to do that and just kind of move up in my career and, and, you know, just become a man of the community and, you know, years later, have a big ass, you know, picture of my face in Nike. Like, I just fucking went to Nike Town, in Chicago, with my homies, and just got drunk in front of the store. Like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, that was the moment where it was just like, damn, you know, like we're here. You know, then and then since that, it was like the Snapple collab, like stuff like that. And it's like I don't, you know, I'm loving the activism that's going on with every brand, but like I just need people to know, like, we've been on this shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a lot of the brands that I work with, it's always situations where it's like, yo, Joe, you want to make a t-shirt with you? I'm like, nah, I'm going to do this. And I just, I take a basic ass whack thing that a brand want to do with me. And I just like, with my team, we just like mold it and it's just like something that's special. So even like, 
in New York, like fucking having people lined up for Snapple bars with my name. That was just like yeah. so small stuff like that. So it's just like it's always been like those moments with you know brands. It's just like wow, you know. So. Joe, I think one of the moments that Brendan was kind of alluding to, you know, at Complex Con chicago where your name was just buzzing so hard was i'm sitting in the green room after we had done full size run and i'm sitting at a table and it was kind of weird i'm sitting there with bun b and pj tucker and bun b is pushing to pj tucker how much he needs to fuck with joe fresh goods yeah he was like this kid is really doing it and he's going to be the next thing and that was kind of the moment in my head where i'm like that cosign to someone like that, from someone like that, kind of meant everything. Man, Complex kind of was one another one of those industry moments. Like, I'm very okay. Like, I listen to everything, and I, I watch the uh, listen to podcasts and listen to the shows. And I used to get offended that I don't hear my name that much, but like, I love the you heard about Joe. Like, I love yeah. how it just happens like that. Mm. And Complex kind of both, even Chicago and LA, I crush both of them. And I love people be like, "Yo, who do what?" What booth is this that have a thousand people lined up? It's just like I love it like that. It's just like it's not like because I'm not you know I don't I never believed in wholesale. Well, I did back in the day, but like so you can't find my stuff in like Kiff and 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 um you know the other stores or whatever. So I like I I just it's always one of those things where it's like and, and I'm a big fan of the pop up shop. Pop up shops has always been my wave. I like connecting with the people. So for Compass Con Chicago, it's like. Yes, I had a line. I, I had a line all day. Every celebrity that came, it was stopping by my booth, and it was just like, see, industry. It was like one of those, like I took, like you know, it was like one of those moments for me, and just like I got so much love. And it, it is moments like that with Bun B, where just like, you know, I love that homies like that put pe- put other homies like that on to me. Just like it's just super organic, you know. One thing I will say, and I said this to you at ComplexCon Chicago, I was like, you know, we are your guests for this weekend. And I will say internally, the like chatter was, we can't let Joe Fresh Goods down in his city. And that just goes to show that you are a pillar in the city. And the fact that, again, your whole tagline was being born in Chicago, making it in Chicago and making things in Chicago really resonates. And even though it may feel sometimes that New York and L.A. overshadows in Chicago, you are definitely a force. Just wrapping this up, we can't thank you enough for lending your time, and we're excited to see the next project. Who's got four more sneakers coming out for five different brands yeah. in the next two years? We know you're cooking up and off the heels of that great New Balance collab. So, yes. really excited to see what's next. Thank you guys for having me. It's um, a pleasure. I'm happy about being able to be on platforms like this, telling my story. So, this is, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, right, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, man. All right, peace out, guys. Be safe. Take thank care, you so man. so much, man. Our producer is Shiva Bayet. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Dave Matthews and Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is part of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 